Hey fam, and welcome to Ceremony Circle Podcast. It is a true honor and pleasure to have you voyaging with us today. And if you're new here, I am your host and the best-selling author of Animal Power Book and Deck, Allison Charles Story. And today we get to vibe with Caitlin Carehart. She is a returning guest and also a renowned numerologist, author, and musician. She first studied numerology with an esteemed Indian mystic before spending the following year studying with shamans and healers to help her understand the full power of the numbers in our lives, including numerology's relationship with astrology, tarot, and other healing practices. Caitlin is the author of the book, You Are Cosmic Code, Essential Numerology, and she also has an epic online numerology course that you can take. And we had such a good time, Caitlin and I, just like chatting in this interview and covering everything she wants us to know around the numbers for 2023. We really didn't talk much about her online numerology course, so I want to plug it in here in case when you're done with this episode, it's really speaking to you and you want to learn more about it. So in order to check out her online numerology course, you can go to her website, which is www careheart.com that's k-a-e-r-h-a-r-t.com slash numerology dash 101 and you can put code allison in at checkout that's my name spelled a-l-y-s-o-n and you'll get 10 percent off her course We'll put all of that in the show notes uh, so you can just check it all out there and make it easier for you. Now, the things we definitely did cover today, like I said, we go deep into 2023 numerology. What is the number for this year and its signature traits? What Bruce Lee has to do with it? Why she says this is our year to initiate, surrender, and do the deep inner work. Key on inner. And she also covers the themes that each month for this year holds, such as April being all about partnership and balance, or July being about freedom and change. And then September, it gets really juicy with the themes of spirituality and sacred calling. We also dive into my personal numbers for this year, the big predictions around pregnancy and more, and why this year is the one that will have many of you awakening to your greatest potential. This is exciting, Soul Fam. So let's get into the numerology powers of 2023 with Caitlin Carehart. Okay, here we are with a returning guest, Caitlin Carehart. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. I felt like giving you a, I don't know what kind of intro that was. You're that like, was like a voiceover. Yeah. Like, like the trailers from the 90s. Coming now. <laughs> yeah. You're like a sports star entering the arena. Wow. We had like a whole podcast episode before I even hit record, right? <laughs> we get chatty. Yeah. <laughs> it makes uh, sense. 
That was so good. It's so good to see you again. And um, for the Soul Fam joining us, as I mentioned, Caitlin's been here before. Her last time she was episode 41. And if you want to dive into that, it was called How to Use Numerology and Cosmic Codes to Enhance Your Life. Because today we're going to primarily focus on 2023 numerology, has a nice ring to it. Um, But in that episode 41, Caitlin explains what numerology is. We hear her journey, her personal backstory, her awakenings, how she was homeless at one point. Like all of those textures and medicines are held in episode 41. So head to that if you want all of that content, because today, like I said, it's going to be a more focused lens so that we can all kind of sit and marinate and like what this year has to bring for us. Um, So I thought we would start with, I just kind of want a little bit of an update, like what already in this first like month of 2023, what something that is at the forefront for you? For me personally, or just like me witnessing? like a personal nugget in there. Yeah. I mean, so for those of you who may not be familiar, um, numerology has something called the year cycles and that talks about the energy that is kind of supporting us in any given year. Right. And we have personal year cycles based on our birthdays. Um, so that's personal to us. And then we have universal year cycles, which is what the collective is undergoing. And Allison and I are actually in the same year cycle. So we're in a year nine. So yeah, year nine is really about death and surrender and endings and reflection. And it's really this pivotal point in our journeys in numerology where we really let go of the person that we have become over the past nine years because the numerology cycles run in nine year cycles. And so the nine year, was that our 2022 for you and I, or is that what's coming up? So 2023 is our personal year nine. For you and I? For both of us. I know that's... I feel like I already did that though. I felt like last Uh, year I so dissolved just like Mm -hmm. every way that I had been living up until then. I guess maybe there's more of that to come. Well... Yeah. And you know what? I, it's so funny because I did too. And I shared with you that I've, I had a lot of, I've I've been experiencing a lot of health issues. Um, starting really at September, at the September mark, um, was when they kind of like came to the, you know, forefront. But what, what I find really interesting about the year nine is that everything kind of depends on like how you're entering the year cycles. Right. So if you've already let go of so much like, and again, it's not just letting go of physical things. It's also letting go of belief systems. Again, it's, it's almost like you're a caterpillar in a cocoon. You're being melted down to goo, but you're not the butterfly yet. Right. So it's very cocoon year, but if you've already kind of released, then the year nine holds like very potent medicine of new beginnings. Cause, cause what is death, right? It, it really is just a new birth. <laughs> exactly. What, what's that famous like song lyrics, like every and comes from some other beginnings end or something like that. Okay. It was a 90s song. (laughs) Um, Oh, every new beginning comes from some other beginnings end. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's true. So what's so interesting about the personal year nine is like, if you go in and you're like holding on to things then you're going to get rocked and it it can be a really challenging year, but if you've already kind of let go 
in your year eight, which 2022 was our year eight. It was all about power and achievement and, mm-hmm. um, manifestation on the material realm and, and lots of money. I guess that was stuff. the year that my, my book and debt came out. So that was a huge, like, man. Oh yeah. That it's like, it's a huge career year. Um, but now it's like the, if, if you're going into a year nine, and you've already let go of so much, then you're actually able to like invite in new things more easily than say if, if you went in and you hadn't had that process. But a lot of the times, you know, it's like, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. Right. So we'll kind of like see how that goes, but I would tell you and recommend anyone who's listening to check out what you were doing in 2014, because 2014 and 2023 are both universal year seven. So whatever year cycle you're in now, there will be a parallel. So something must have ended in 2014, whether that's like a job, a relationship, you moved. It it even could be again, like that, that metamorphosis, like that internal death. Mm -hmm. Um, and oftentimes there can be actual death in a year nine too. And I don't say that to ever scare anyone, but just to, to make aware, right? Like when my dad was, was in his last year nine, his, his cat died. So Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, it's a really powerful year. And so like a lot of my reflection has been on like, what is it that I'm letting go as opposed to like, what is it that I want to build that's new? I'm mm-hmm. kind of like in a surrendered state and that's kind of where you have to be in a year nine, because it's like one of those years, it's like Jesus take the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, Wow. Okay. This is, this is good. I'm just soaking that in. Um, and then one update on my end, and I was inspired by a ceremony circle listener. She actually DM'd me right before you and I got on the zoom and she said, Hey, I just listened to the episode you did with Luke, um, which was the first episode of 2023. I think you'll enjoy it. It was, it's a long haul one. You got to get your popcorn out. And I like long hauls. I like feeling like I'm like hanging out with people when I listen to podcasts. You will definitely feel that it is a three hour plus one. Um, (laughs) the longest episode in ceremony circle history, but yeah, we've gotten such great feedback, but I referenced when I recorded that I was just about to start this thing called the milk cleanse and the girl Mm. DM me and was like, what happened with the milk cleanse? Can you give an update? So for that woman, uh, thanks for the inspo. Uh, one of the updates of my 2023 so far is that I did survive the milk cleanse, which was a very specific protocol where you only drink raw organic dairy milk. So you can do either camel, goat, or cow. And I was going to do goat, but the goat farmer around these parts, her goats happened to be dry and they weren't producing. So we yeah, had, yeah I know. It was so like, I'm very well versed on the milk distribution around Texas. Wait, so now. you don't eat. Correct. You just drink milk. Correct. For how long? Eight days. Oh my God. Wouldn't you feel so sick? No, it's, it was really trippy. So my friend got an intuitive hit that it might be something good for me to do. I sat with it for about a week and I came to the conclusion that 
it would be good for me. And even with that clarity, I had some reservations and nervousness because of course, I've never been yeah. a dairy, dairy gal. Like I don't drink raw, whole cow milk, you know? So, but I knew I was supposed to do it. Um, so we went to this incredible farm, I think it's called Richardson Farm out here. And they have this specific called, it's A2 cow milk, which is the raw, the good stuff. The way it was before milk got all weird and people got lactose intolerant. So we loaded up on gallons and gallons and gallons of this milk. And I was really nervous the first morning because I'm sitting there with my first glass and I'm like, I pray that I enjoy this because I, yeah. if I don't, this is going to be a long ass haul. I was right? just thinking that. Cause I, I, I know that's like a huge health trend now is drinking raw milk, but I don't actually enjoy the taste. So what did you, did you get used to the taste? It, it to me, it's like, it's so thick. Well, I, I really enjoyed it. I don't, you know, I had actually probably never drank. If I ever did have a sip of whole milk, I don't think it was a two whole milk, which is a whole different yeah. ball game. So when I first sipped it, it actually was like, it was really cold and really like a mild sweetness and it was so good. So I was like, oh, praise Jesus. I think that I can do this. And um, yeah, you can also drink water, but you primarily need to drink milk. And it's like every two hours, well, you're supposed to sip on it all the time. And then every two hours you take these specific supplements that the milk cleanse gives you. It's all, it's oh this God. really intriguing thing. So it every was two hours. Did Luke do it with you or was it just no, you? It was a solo mish. He observed and applauded <laughs> me along and, uh, yeah, it was a very deep, powerful excavation. I felt like it was so clarifying and a thing that I learned later, which made sense with Luke and I being on the pregnancy journey was I learned from an Ayurvedic doctor who I'm friends with, shout out to Nisha Khanna. Well, I'd actually heard and then she reiterated how powerful this type of milk is for it goes straight to your reproductive system and nourishes oh, it wow. directly whereas other foods it can take like other foods who are known to be reproductive system nourishers it can take 40 days to like mm. actually get in there but this type of milk goes straight to the source so well, that that's also really interesting that you decided to do this like cleanse at the beginning of your nine year, which is all about releasing and letting go. And, and of course, as you know, through all your shamanic work, like we release and let go so we can call in the new mm -hmm. and step into something new. So really interesting that how that kind of like is linking up. Did you enjoy it or was it hard? You know, I think overall on the scale of like brutality will never do again to like blissed out ecstasy. It was for sure more toward the blissed out ecstasy because wow. I wasn't really hungry. I've done other cleanses in years past, like whether it's a master cleanse or green juice cleanses that are primarily vegetable based where like the hunger is a struggle, but with the whole milk, you're getting satiated with so many nutrients mm -hmm. that you don't really feel that hungry. And then the other trippy thing that started to happen and at the tail end, I think it was days five and a half to day seven. I'm telling you, there was like no veil separating worlds. I started to really feel wow. like this fragmented. I mean, of course, I know I'm multidimensional, but like I was experiencing myself as like the fractals. It was, wow. yeah, it was it's, trippy. It's crazy because it's like you hear that a lot with people who do these types of cleanses or you hear about how monks have crazy long fasts. I mean, 
I've even heard stories of like, there are monks that just don't eat. And I don't actually know how that's possible, but maybe it is, you know, like maybe we've been conditioned to eat three meals a day, but we don't actually need it. And maybe it's just like, because you weren't eating, your digestive system wasn't working as hard. And so it was like, you were able to kind of get a little bit more out of your body and maybe more into your crown chakra area. Yeah. All the energetics that go into the digestion were freed up. Yeah, exactly. And that's a lot of our day when you think about it. And I mean, that's why people have visions when they do water fast and things like that. I've never done that. I've done the juice cleanse, but (laughs) it was hard. It was really hard to do the juice cleanse. It sounds like the milk cleanse would be almost easier because there are so many nutrients in it. And it is like so dense where juice is like, it's thin. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I found that when I've done cleanses, it's so bizarre, but you actually miss chewing. Mm, Like it's weird to not chew. I don't know if you felt that. I didn't on this one. So I highly recommend, of course, like, you know, I, as the, my disclaimer at the end of every episode says, (laughs) this is not medical advice. Um, but for those who feel called and do your research and continue to feel called, like I had a really positive experience. It's called the milk cleanse. I, I am not an affiliate. I don't get a kickback. I'm just like, maybe I should become one because I'm giving them such positive shout outs here. But, uh, yeah, they send you the exact supplements that you're supposed to take in phase one and phase two, and it's a whole thing. So, you know, check it out. So that was probably my biggest so far 2023 update. Oh, and the last little thing that's just like a fun light note is I got booked to go to the Gaia studios. Um, I'm guessing a lot of people who listen to this show know what the Gaia network is. I heard that there's, and we're having Mercury retrograde moments over here, uh, but I heard that you're not getting a kickback from the, from the milk people. <laughs> I am not getting a kickback, but yeah, maybe I the should. the milk mafia. Um, yeah. And uh, shout out to the farm. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to check it out. And then, yeah, yeah, we'll see. So for those who aren't aware, um, cause hopefully my show editor will mask it enough, but the zoom we're chalking it up to being the last day of Mercury retrograde, but we have gotten disconnected more than once at this point. And that's literally never once happened to me in all of my ceremony circle recordings. So it's pretty trippy. I hope that it is properly recorded and is like re-recording. I don't know what is going on, but I'll just, maybe we should just get into the numerology <laughs> at this point. Cause it's like you ladies quit talking. The universe is like chop, chop. <laughs> yeah. Get into, get into the juice here. So or maybe it's too much energy. For the Zoom. Uh, Yeah, it could be that as well. Combination of all the things. Um, But so, yeah, what can you tell us, Caitlin? uh, What is up for this year, 2023, just in general? I read um, you had written a really cool article for Mind, Body, Green that kind of highlighted. And I have here, like, each month kind of represents new themes. And so, yeah, give us the the scoop. Oh, yeah. That, that was actually the first time I put the months into the yearly update and, mm-hmm. um, again, want to provide as much information to be helpful, but I'm glad that you liked it. So just to kind of, again, like let people know there's a universal year cycle that we're all experiencing collectively. And, you know, each year cycle is kind of like building off the last and there are only nine year cycles. So we're in cycles one through nine again and again, they just repeat forever. Right. And you know, in 2020, I feel like that was when the world really started to shift, like all of the the lockdowns and people not leaving their homes, all of that. Right. And that was a universal year for, and that was a, a year of reassessing our foundations. Right. And 
it's funny because everyone was really losing it. And I was like, okay, yo, this is a crazy time to be a human for sure. But I'm telling you guys, nothing is going to compare to when we get to 2023 because it's a universal year seven, Mm -hmm. right? And that's, again, the the past few years have been wild. It's been us reassessing our foundations, then us reassessing, you know, what does freedom mean to us? And then last year was a year of relationships, right? So last year was a universal year six, which is a year of love and healing and uh, family and relationships, which... I'm sure people listening and maybe even you, Allison, saw massive shifts in relationships. I mean, friendship breakups, people who had been married for a long time or together for a long time, just suddenly letting it go. And also the reverse of that as well, of people meeting someone and within like a week being like, I know this is my person. All right, let's move in together. Or, you know, soul family really coming into your life, just like major, major shifts in relationships. And so now we've kind of like done all that work as a collective energy. And now we're in this, this time of spirituality and spiritual awakenings. That's really what the universal year seven brings. And again, of course, 2014 was also a year seven, but the big difference with then and now on a universal scale is that again, we had 2020, 2021, 2022, which completely shook things up, right? So this is, this is the time when humanity's mindset and consciousness levels are going to completely shift and level up. I mean, this is a year of of spiritual awakenings and knowledge gathering and going within. And I know we've seen so much over the years with people talking more and more about mental health, people talking more about spirituality. I mean, it's kind of crazy to see how a lot of spiritual ideas have kind of made it into the mainstream. And I'm sure you've noticed this, especially putting out your book. Like, I don't actually think people would have been ready for your book five years ago, right? Yeah, probably not. I mean, it's definitely a very potent living, breathing medicine book. And uh, yeah, you know, for those of us, like I know, you know, you've been doing this work for quite a long time and I had my awakening so long ago. So, you know, those of us who are a bit more uh, OG and, uh, pioneers of kind of being spiritual public figures. Yeah. It's been really, really fascinating over, especially over the last decade to just witness this like steady expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Saying this coming year is going to be like the big skyrocket year for it. Exactly. So it's kind of been building and building and building. Um, and again, like this is so reflected in, in mainstream media and on social media as well. I mean, in, 2019 penguin random house found me to write a book. And the first thing I said to them was like, yeah, I'll write the book, but no one's going to read it because nobody knew what numerology was back then. And now it's crazy to see how many people are into numerology and are aware. And you see it too, a lot with like astrology. And a lot of people now are talking about like ADHD or autism diagnosis and therapy now has become a huge thing. Like it's crazy now to see therapy ads everywhere and trending and people wanting to go within when like there used to be a real stigma to it. I feel, Mm -hmm. you know, people used to not be so open to, to even something as what I think is like, you know, simple as talk therapy. And now 
You know, oh, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I have a lot of therapists in my family. And, oh, amazing. Uh, yeah. So it's never been something yeah. that I felt ashamed of. And thank God I had the ability to phone Uncle Ron during my divine intervention and different things I was going through in life. Like I have gone to all sorts of different types of therapists throughout the years. And I'm just really relieved because, you know, one thing that I feel like I've been on my soapbox about for a long, long time. I mean, and it's essentially what the core of shamanism is, is getting into healthy unification with the totality, the allness, and also into unification with one's own soul. And you can't do either of those things unless you go within. And exactly. you know, our conditioning and all this brainwashing, especially over here in the U.S., is just like all oh, this fucking external fueling and external validations and what do things look like? How do things appear? And, you know, people getting so confused along the way of like, why do I feel so miserable? And why don't I feel a real sense of peace or where, how mm. does one actually feel fulfillment in life? Because things got so backwards and helter skelter. And so for years, I'm like, the backwardness is due to like people not taking the time or discrediting or jumping over the like sitting with oneself and yeah. looking into the scariest corners of oneself. So I feel some soul relief to know that this year seems to be one where people will start to understand the value and the absolute vital importance of going in within themselves. Oh my God. Yeah. And, and you really hit the nail on the head because that really is what the seven is all about. It's about it's really like internal rearrangement. And that's why the spiritual awakenings happen during this time. And kind of to one of the points that you just made about how unhappy people are in this current version of society. I actually read a quote this morning that was something like, humans are meant to, we're creators, we're creative beings, but we're in a society where there's more consumption than there is creation. Like people are in this, this place of consuming more than they're creating. And that's like a huge imbalance. At least that's definitely how it is in America, right? Like for sure. Um, and I think this year, again, like people's worldviews are really going to be shifting and shook and it's going to be really challenging for people because again, like seven is this number of truth. It is the truth seeker. It is the knowledge gatherer. It's the philosopher. And so on a personal level, we're all going to be kind of going within. We're all going to be shifting and learning about ourselves as spiritual beings. And of course, spirituality is, is relative, right? However you define your, your own sense of spirituality. But in a more like outward way, I mean, there's going to be a lot of things coming to light that... I think is going to shake people and their beliefs. And I think we're already seeing some of that happen with things like the Twitter files. Again, I know Elon Musk is a really polarizing figure for a lot of people, but regardless of, of what you think about him, the fact that there's this data coming out saying that the high level government officials were basically dictating what Twitter suppressed and what it didn't, that's, a big deal. Right. And again, there's, there's so much more than just that. That's just one example, but there's going to be a lot of kind of like, how do I say this? There's going to be like a mass exposure of things yeah. that maybe we haven't wanted to look at. And that is really what's going to shake people's realities and mm -hmm. make them start to really think 
a lot differently, right? We're going to be presented with information this year that we're not going to be able to just kind of sweep under the rug or to look away from. And this I think is so powerful. I know I've been waiting for this year. I mean, I'm a little nervous, <laughs> but I've been waiting for it. But again, the thing is like, I think we've seen echoes of it. Like I said, like these year cycles build on top of each other. And I think we've seen echoes of like, you know, there's a lot of uh, memes going around of like conspiracy theorists have been right and da, 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 da. And again, I'm not trying to like put on a tinfoil hat for anyone listening, but like there are things that people were talking about, you know, just a couple of years ago in 2020 that now are regarded as like, oh yeah, that was what was happening. And so I think there's going to be a lot more of that and things that we're not even going to be able to like predict are going to happen. Like things are just, truth is going to come to light and it's yes. going to shake everything up. And I'm just so fascinated by how it's all going to play out. But um, yeah, I, the words that kept coming in while you were talking was, it was two words, truth, revelation, yes. truth, revelation over and over and over and over again. Say it, say it, truth, revelation. Yeah. And so the little nugget that entered into me with those two words was just a loving reminder to all listening that we are all fully equipped we have everything we need inside of us to be able to navigate these types of upheavals. We have everything we we incarnated, encoded with, by divine design, like ways to navigate and find our way. And there's lots of spiritual practices and rituals and tools out there that can help you maintain your center when things surface and come to light, like Caitlin's saying, that we're previously in the dark or, um, you know, so I, I guess my point is, yes, it's a very fascinating time, but if and when, either on a personal level or on a collective level, some sort of shocking or unexpected truth reveals you know, do what you need to do to ground and hold your center into the connection with the divine and know that even if things get real wavy or turbulent through the truth revelation, you have everything already inside you to know how to ride these waves out. So it's never, nothing's ever permanent. We live in a complete evolutionary state at all times. So we can do this. Yeah. And the thing is like, numerology, it should never scare you, right? It should only liberate you and support you. So I'm not sitting here saying like, this is going to be a terrible year. It's just that this is kind of the theme that we're going to be experiencing. And, you know, for example, 2020, since we've already lived that was a universal year four, and that's a year of foundations and structure. And I think that a lot of stuff happened with the pandemic and whatnot, but it, it did force us to then look at like, what is the structure that our society is built on? And even if we didn't make the shift, then a lot of people, I mean, changed the entire foundation of their lives. There was like a mass migration out of California, out of the bigger cities, more into nature, more into country. So again, like this truth coming to light and people's understanding of the world shifting so massively it's all for our highest good. And just to kind of like let everyone know, 2024 is going to be our universal year eight. And eight is the only number that has to do with the material realm. So that's going to be a year where our focus is going to be on the material realm and money and power, because that's the number of power. So 
we can't really reach that level of this game unless we get clear on who we are internally and what our values are. So that's really what a lot of this is going to be about. And I think the the best advice I could give is to remain unattached to your views. Like don't hold so tightly onto them. Like be open to, you know, maybe something that you've believed your whole life might not be the case, right? Be open to new possibilities of everything. And like, just like a new understanding of like, what's truly happening on this planet and know that if you're challenged by it, that it's because we're meant to build a better world. I really believe that. I truly believe like everyone who's on the planet right now, we are here to build a better earth because it's not working. I don't think, I mean, maybe it's working for the billionaires, but I don't think I know anyone who's like, yeah, I really love, you know, how our society and culture is working. I I love this, you know, it's not healthy and we need to get back to who we are as spiritual beings. And that is what the seven is. It's the most spiritual number. It's the most spiritual year. I love this. And and you also said along the lines, two things along the lines of what you've just been sharing, a quote from the article you wrote, many of us will awaken to our greatest potential this year. And it's exactly what you're saying. Like we can't arrive to that place unless we devote to getting out of illusion, unless we devote to seeing truth and living truth, you can't reach your greatest potential yeah. without taking those steps. And the rest that you said was, if you want to change the world, it starts with the self. This is our year to initiate, surrender, and do the deep inner work. Be water, my friends. And speaking of the water, that is along the lines of being flexible and remaining open-minded. And can you share a little bit of how that Bruce Lee connection? Because I I think that was cool. You talked about Bruce Lee. Oh, yeah. So um, I kind of associate different numbers with different people that I felt really exemplified that energy. And Bruce Lee was actually a Life Path 7. And I'm sure you've seen plenty of his interviews or quotes or whatever on Instagram. And he was very deeply philosophical. And that's the thing about the seven is that it's not really a woo-woo spirituality. It's not like up in the clouds, channeling. That's more of the 11. But the seven is like this very grounded, very in the body, very human experience spirituality, right? right? And I always saw him as that. And actually, a lot of people who have prominent sevens are athletes or do something physical with the body. And actually your destiny is a seven, Allison. So it makes sense that, you know, sports were such a big part of your life growing up. And so again, I I really see him as this, this seven energy. He's very philosophical, but he's very grounded. He's very practical. These are all traits of the seven. And the quote that I actually referenced in the article that we're talking about is the advice I would give for a year seven that I give to anyone is, his quote that says, you know, quote, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless like water. If you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. So be water, mm-hmm. right? And that's really what we're going to have to do this year. And again, there's the internal part of like, a lot of us are going to be challenging our own belief system just within our own lives. Like, what do I value? What do I believe? Like, what is it that I'm contributing to 
to the planet? What is on a day-to-day expression of who I am in this human vessel? What does that look like? But then there's also going to be that, that challenge that comes with, again, things coming to light, more mass exposure that I think the more that we can just have that as our mantra of just to be water, just to Mm. be really flexible because you can't really prepare for things coming up that could be shocking. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. This all feels really good. Is there any month in particular? I'm looking at the themes you put in the article, like each month cycle. uh, partnership and balance. And is there any month that really pings out for you for any reason? Yeah. So in numerology, each year cycle has a peak and that peak is always September. And that's because bear with me, mathematically, when you add nine to any number and then you reduce it to a single digit, it will be the number that you added it to. Right. Mm -hmm. So September is represented by a nine. I see. That's why we're going in, we're in a year seven, September. So seven plus nine, you add that up, that's 16. You reduce it to a single digit. That's seven, right? So September is always the peak of the year. So we're going to be in a year seven, month seven. So basically we're going to be in this moment of, aha, this is what it was all about. Oh my God, this all makes sense. Like September is always when you have the biggest revelations. It's when things really click the most. And it's when things start to kind of turn because you're preparing for the next year's cycle. Mm-hmm. But that would be the time that I think things are really going to pop off, right? Because everything is just building until that moment. Everything is like this process of internal reorganization of like, who am I as a spiritual being and human on this planet? And then when September hits, it's like that times a hundred. And it is always like that for Mm -hmm. everyone, depending on their year cycle. But that would be the month that I say stands out the most. Now, of course we do have, you know, month cycles that are more around money or more around relationships. But I think looking out at September, something's probably going to happen then. That's interesting. Yeah. I have the whole list here and there are some months that have some overlap, like uh, January and October, both are money Mm. power themes. That's because they're both month eights. So January is a, a represented by a one, right? So we add one plus seven, that would be eight. And then October is also a one month because one plus zero is one. So Every January and October are going to be the same energy. Every February and November will be the same energy and every March and December. And this probably sounds complicated to anyone who's only listening and doesn't have that written in front of them. It's actually extremely simple. And if you go on my Instagram page, I have a ton of this stuff in my like numerology highlight. You can just check out for free. And again, it sounds complicated whenever you discuss math, but it's actually like very simple addition that, that anyone can do. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, September is the only month of all the themes that are expressed that has the themes of spirituality and sacred calling. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, and that's another reason why I said in the article that like a lot of us will be waking up to our potential because another aspect of the seven is that the seven wants to commit itself to a sacred calling. And again, this is one of your core numbers, Allison. So I'm not surprised at all that you are in the spiritual space and you have really dedicated your life to a sacred calling and same as Bruce Lee, right? So 
this is a time where you'll want to be studying different things. You'll want to be gathering knowledge. And it's because through studying, through acquiring wisdom and knowledge, you're able to kind of be guided towards what is that sacred calling I'm fulfilling. And it doesn't need to be like sacred calling doesn't mean your career, by the way. I want to make that distinction because I think especially in America, people think my calling is my career. Not necessarily, right? Like maybe your sacred calling on this planet is to make the world a kinder place. And actually, if anyone's listening who's Life Path 9, that actually is your sacred calling, right? So that's definitely going to be something that's coming up this year. It's like, what is the point? Like, what? why are we doing what we're doing? Is it fulfilling me and nourishing me on a soul level? Because if it's not, it's going to have to fall away this year. Love that mic drop on that note. <laughs> Anything else um, for the collective before you fill yes. me in on what's in store for me? Yeah, yeah. So another big thing I want to say is that global consciousness is going to shift massively this year, which is awesome. So we'll see a lot more things trending that, you know, we already kind of touched on like mental health and spirituality, but there, while there is all that positive stuff, there is a positive and light side to each year cycle. There's also a shadow side to each year cycle. And the, the shadow side of the seven is that it can actually, the seven can sometimes have a lot of negative thinking, right? The whole point of the seven is to kind of sit with yourself, go within and know that the answers that you're seeking are only within you. You cannot find them outside of yourself. That's the biggest aspect of the seven. That's why a lot of times when people go into a personal year seven, they're not very social. This is a time where you just want to sit with yourself. You don't feel social in a seven energy because again, you're meant to kind of be a little isolated so you can tap into that wisdom that's inherent within all of us. But sometimes tapping into that wisdom and sitting alone for too long can lead you to kind of spiraling a little bit or getting a little negative. Like maybe this year you see something on the news and it's surprising and you're like, oh my, maybe even you saw the Twitter files and it really, really upset you, right? Yeah. And you can kind of start spiraling in your head like, oh my God, the world's falling apart. This is a really dark place. Like we're fucked. Like Luke has to watch that within himself and he does a good job. Yeah. Well, isn't he, he a Scorpio too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of course. Of course. But that Scorpio is all about that. Yeah. That dance that you're describing right now is one that he's in a lot. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing that I want to remind everyone. And obviously Allison, I'm sure you've spoken about this many times too, is that we to create a new future, we have to envision it first and we have to live it and amplify it, right? So when you're kind of spiraling in negativity, you're amplifying that timeline mm -hmm. where if we really, really want to create the shifts that I think everyone who's listening to this wants to create to have like a more peaceful, kinder, better earth where we all thrive, we have to first like amplify that good feeling before the negativity. So that's something I think about whenever I start to kind of like spiral and like, oh God, what's going to happen? I think, no, I can't give energy to that timeline. I need to, again, amplify. It's not about spiritual bypassing either for anyone who may think that that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, have the negative feelings and purge them if you need to. And I always suggest something that's kind of like a healthy way of doing that, like journaling, exercising, meditation, but then turn that energy and focus back into a place of, okay, 
I don't like how things are done. How am I going to make them better? And again, like it doesn't have to be this like global thing. It could be like, how are you making it better in your community? Because it's like, we're all just feeding off each other. Like if you go out and you're really kind to a person and let's say they're having a shit day, your kindness probably will shift them. And then all of a sudden they're feeling better. And then they want to go be kind to someone, right? It all starts with us, like I said, in the article. So Mm -hmm. I just want to make everyone aware again, that, that negative thinking, don't let yourself spiral for too long. Okay. Beautiful. This feels like a really, really beautiful, um, liberating, revelatory, expansive year that I'm fascinated to see where this wild earth voyage continues to guide us. And yeah, this is, this is great. So sock it to me with my, yeah. uh, my Oh no, uh, we're going to dive in, but I just want to check in with you actually. Like, cause I know as a shaman, you're given a lot of information about what the collective is going and does this line up with the shamanic interpretation of the year ahead? I know I've spoken a bit with Shaman Dirk about this stuff. And he's like, wow, it's crazy. Like numerology totally lines up with the years. Is that true for you as well? Yeah, it does feel in total alignment. I think sometimes um, I might be kind of ushered into a place energetically before the collective gets there so that I... I'm mm. already well-versed in it and I've already traversed it. And so that I can then kind of hold space for the collective, yeah. but yeah, everything that has kind of been guiding me up to this now present moment, it's all the textures that you're sharing that are going to be kind of permeating into the collective. So it's in, yeah. it's in complete alignment. Yeah. Well, and you know, back to you on a personal level, and I know we, we talked about this a bit on the first podcast I was on, but you are a life path one. And as a one, you are a creative pioneer and a leader. So oftentimes as a one, you will experience things sooner than when they're kind of supposed to happen. And that's because you are meant to then hold that space down for the collective. And again, be kind of like a lighthouse for others, be guiding them like, okay, cool we're all in this together. Like I've already gone ahead on the journey and I can come back and tell you what I saw. And that also like explains too why you feel like last year you were letting go of so many things. Because again, like you as a one will probably feel the upcoming energy of the next year, like even like maybe six months into your personal year cycle. Right. So Last year, you already let go of so much, but that's what's so brilliant is that now you're in this year nine where you've already done a lot of the work of having to let go. And now you can call in the positive traits of the nine. And I will say, cause I know you mentioned your pregnancy journey and I know that we kind of talked about that before we recorded, but I do see people, again, this is kind of like this initiative, like you're being initiated here. I do see a lot of people making like massive life changes in a nine, Mm -hmm. even though it's a time of letting go. If you've already kind of let go of a lot of things and you're almost like this blank slate, Mm -hmm. then it's usually this time where the endings that you're going through are actually endings that are that new beginning, right? So you becoming pregnant would be that initiation of, of you no longer being the maiden, you would now be the mother. 
And I think, again, I see this a lot with people I've worked with where they'll get engaged or married or pregnant in a year nine. And they're like, I don't get it. I thought this was a year of endings. And I'm like, your old self, your old self has ended. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, this is like the most massive ending. And so I would not be surprised at all if it did happen for you. And, you know, just to let you know that after 2023, you go into this year one, which is all about new beginnings and you're an entirely new person by that time. Mm -hmm. And so I see like 2023, 2024 for you, a time where you would get pregnant. And again, like a lot of the times things that start in a year one take for the entire nine year cycle. So Mm -hmm. just to kind of give you reference, cause you are in a year nine currently, 2015 was your last year one. So there may be things this year that you're wrapping up that may have started in 2015. And that doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh, I started my business in 2015 and now it's ending now, which I do see a lot of. It could even be like an idea or something that formed back then, if that makes sense. It could have been like, you know. I'm trying to even remember where I'm so like the least adept person at like, people are like, when did you have your awakening? How long have you and Luke been together? Time for me is so weird. I will literally have to probably go back into my Instagram to see if I was posting all those years ago and see like where I was even living, but I'll do, I'll do a little research. Well, what I tell everyone to do is to go back through your emails. Mm, Okay emails and then also photos. But what I love about emails is that because we we have our year cycles, which is like the main theme of the year, like this is what you're going through. This is who you are. This is what's up, right? Then we got the month cycles and those are mini themes. So you can kind of look at it as like the main actor in a film and then the supporting character, right? Okay. So when you go back and you go through your emails and you look at like the correspondences that you're having, you're able to chart each month, which Mm -hmm. is brilliant. Right. And I I actually did also, I created a numerology planner tool and I have a bunch of like resources on my Instagram too. And I can like send that to you when we're off here, but I only created that like a couple of years ago. So you wouldn't have had it from back then, but I definitely suggest like going through your emails. Cause that will just like really open you up. Um, so yeah, I think again, this year is about you letting go to invite new things in. And it's also a year nine there's just a lot of surrender. The thing about the year nine is like, it's, you'll start a lot of new things, but they won't necessarily take. Mm. So I think you should kind of like, remember that. Cause I know a lot of people go into a year nine and they think like, Oh, I'm going to launch this new thing. Mm. And it doesn't always take, but that doesn't mean it can't be successful too. Right? Like one of my friends, she works as a copywriter and she is in her year nine. And she was telling me how she got a lot of new clients last year, but they all left by the end of the year. So again, it's all about this like letting go process. And the nine also is the number of the humanitarian. So you might actually be called to give back more this year than you ever have. Yeah. I'm already seeing that and just me holding space for people in the community here in Austin, like different 
people who I have a lot of love for coming to me for me to tune in on certain things or use my mm -hmm. seer gift to help support with that or give a blessing way for a new baby that's about to be born. And before when, you know, I mean, you and I used to do the New York City concrete jungle hustle oh my God. thing. Like, Isn't that so crazy to think on now? Can't, can't, please. Oh my God. Not. How did we deal with the <laughs> constant know. noise and the smells? The, I just, it's wild. But like in those types of years, there was no space for me to open myself up into this more humanitarian role. So I do, it feels very like mothering to yeah. energy for me. And well, I do had, think that you'll probably conceive in the next year and a half, great. just because I looked at all your charts. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Any other nuggets? Like before I hit record, you were saying something, I can't remember what chart it was in about how like the older I get and the more wisdom. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's that actually in your numerology, but it's echoed in all your charts. So for anyone listening, I have studied like everything at this point. So like numerology, human design, the galactic Maya astrology and the destiny cards. So whenever I want to know what's really going on with someone, I look at everything and I think they're all saying the same thing, but in their own unique way. What's interesting about Allison and not very common, though I have seen it, is that the more she matures and the older that you get, the more success you're going to have, the more you'll be seen and the more you're going to be called to lead. So some people have more of those markers earlier in life. You see this a lot with like child celebrities and things. And I've gone through child celebrity charts too. Like, I don't want to name names, but you know, those types of people where they kind of have their moment in the spotlight really young, you know, like maybe 16 or 20 or whatever. But with Allison, the more she matures, the more you'll have to be seen. And it's like in your charts, you have to be seen. I think also like being a mother will definitely like initiate your gifts even more. I've seen that with so many clients, so many people where they get pregnant and it's like their psychic abilities just skyrocket. I've seen it's that insane. Too. It's so insane. And you know, this is going to be a really, again, it, you're only going to grow more. Like I really see you like really in your flow, like more like late fifties, sixties. Yeah, girl. So you got time, which is great. Cause you have time to grow into it. And actually, I don't know if we talked about this before, but this is actually a karma clearing life for you. Mm -hmm. So if you want, this can be your last incarnation here, because like we already talked about your karmic debt 16, which is a lot of karmic debt. You went through the ringer with that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So you really, you really don't have much karma left here. You know, this was really like, you kind of chose to, to come here. You had to come and learn some hard lessons in love for your soul to evolve. And I just think it's such like a beautiful, you know, you went through all this hell and then you had this journey of not dating and being celibate. And then now you're in such a conscious partnership. So it's like coming full loop, full circle, which I love. And actually I remember when we first met, and I was like asking you what you want to call your like partnership. And I was like, it's not going to happen this year. But then I told you a year it would happen. Wow. <laughs> and I'm so, I, I just knew it, but I could tell you're disappointed when I was like, not now, but like, <laughs> I think it was like in two years. Or I was probably I in year you. like four of celibacy. And I'm like, no, no, you I know, know. going to have to ride that out even longer. Um, what I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say what I love about your story so much though, is that <laughs> this whole time you were like, where's my guy? Like who? And you knew him. 
She was literally right in front of you. And I just, I love that story so much that like people all the time, they think like, I've been trying to manifest this and it's not here. Why? And they almost feel like they're being punished. Not that you ever had that, like, you know, you never communicated that way, but I see it with so many people. And with you, you're such a perfect example of like, it was always there. Yeah. You just, it was all about correct timing. It was all about like opening your eyes and seeing. Yeah. So powerful. I know it's so hilarious. I'm glad you brought that in. I, and I, and we laugh about that quite frequently. And I remember telling (laughs) a couple of friends once, I think it was either right before Luke first asked me out on a date or right after, but there quickly became a running joke where I was like, wouldn't it be the fucking joke of the century if this whole time it was Luke? And it was because... So many people in our two, we finally looked back to when we met and we had been friends for two and a half years. That's the actual correct timeline of how you guys weren't living in the same city that whole time. So that kind of makes sense too. Like you didn't have the option to explore that kind of thing when you're not even in the same place. And one of his non-negotiables was like no long distance relationships because he had previously done that with him being in LA with a New York city person. And it was super rough. And that was the case. I was in New York city. So yeah, it was all about him getting into a sovereign place, me getting into sovereign place and right divine timing. And we were right in front of each other the entire time. Uh, The other interesting thing with the burning of the karma. And if I so choose, this can potentially be my last earth incarnation that does, Mm -hmm. you know, resonate. And Luke and I just yesterday, I think it was, um, you know, he and I just love each other so deeply uh, that we often just within our own home here, like we'll have our own moments where we'll just glance at the other person and just get so moved to tears at the 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 beauty and depth of our love and the impermanence, right? The impermanence yeah. of these of of being in these physical vessels, being able to touch one another and smell one another and hug one another and cuddle and all the things. And we had that the other day where he looked at me at the dining room table and just started to cry. And I said, what, what are you feeling? And it was that thing I just described. And I said, when we're in the other realms, you'll find me because I'll click a bright violet light over and over and over again. And that'll be me. And then you can come to the violet light. So it's like, we're already having these discussions of how to like locate each other in the other realms. So that's interesting. Or maybe, and I think about this too, I'm like, what if we incarnate someplace better? Yeah. (laughs) What if there is like that heaven on earth planet? You know, I think a lot of people think like the Pleiades is like that, but you know, who's to say that you guys can't incarnate somewhere into a physical vessel, not here. Cause I think a lot of us are tired. (laughs) A lot of us are done. Right. And like, I'm tired. Yeah. The, the work that you have to do, especially like you were saying earlier, cause you awaken just so far ahead of the rest. And then you're having to hold that space. I mean, it's, it's wild. I was talking to one of my friends about this, like, and he's a psychic medium, very, very gifted. And he was just like every single quote unquote light worker. I don't love that term, but whatever you want to call those types of beings, it's like every single one of them that I know has had severe health issues the past year. And I think it's because a lot of them are really worn out. And it's like, again, like 
I know that Luke was also doing a lot of like biohacking before people were ever talking about that and like talking about like, yo, our water is poisoned. And it is. And to me, like, it's wild how, you know, I'll talk to people and when I say like the tap water isn't necessarily safe to drink, they're like shocked that I would say that. And I'm like, oh my goodness. You know what I mean? There's just so much. And again, I think I could see you guys both being like, okay, this is it. Peace and out. But then yeah. meeting up again in like the astral realm or yeah. who knows the Pleiades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've chatted about that a lot. And yeah, I think in our own ways, I mean, I'm experiencing the grandest like bursts of hilarity. Um, I recorded a podcast episode uh, yesterday or the day before, and I was explaining, so I won't get into it again, but I've been having these spontaneous healings where I'll feel the energy hit my abdomen and go up to my chest cavity and heart, and I will hysterically, uncontrollably cry, laugh for minutes and minutes and minutes, like... I couldn't stop it if I wanted to. And like, I'm having these like ecstatic bliss bursts of healing and energy. And so, yeah, I I am that though. It's so amazing. It's hilarious and so fun. And so I'm really connected to the greatest fulfillment and and bliss energies of my life. And along with that, I am fucking tired. Like I will never forget the crash that I experienced once I turned in the final manuscript for animal power book and deck and like, I crashed for months and months and months and months to the point where I was like, am I ever going to regain like a type of energy that I once knew? And when I tuned into what was going on, the instant loud and clear message was, it took me to the space that I had had to hold and that I chose to hold for a book of that pristineness and a book of, of holding that level and magnitude of divine truth, the line that I had to hold and the space I had to hold and carry for that book to come through and Mm -hmm. birth through my vessel. Once it it made its way through the birth canal, I just crashed. So yeah, pretty much all of what you're saying is resonating. So yeah, I actually suffered a severe burnout after my book came out and it was I mean, months, I could barely do anything, but I also, I think, and again, like, correct me if I'm wrong, cause I don't know if you've said this, but I'm kind of just assuming here that a lot of your book was channeled. And I feel that when you're channeling, that is so different from like just using your brain to write something, right? I feel like you can write a book and it will be tiring to write a book if you're just using your cognitive mind, right? But it's a whole other thing when you're channeling because the channeling has to come from something that's so much beyond the human realm. It carries so much more energy. And then you have to bring it into your body. So then when you're channeling and it's in your body, it's like that exhaustion is so much more intense than just like, oh, I have brain fog because I've been writing or, oh, my mind is tired. Because when your mind's tired, you can go rest and it comes back, right? It's like a computer you're restarting. But when your whole system is overloaded because you've been in that sacred space for so long, and I, I, I know that it wasn't just you writing the book for the amount of time that you did, you had been thinking about that book for a really long time before it came through and you had changed ideas and all those things. So it's just different. And that's why, again, I think a lot of people who are healers, psychics, whatever in that kind of space, a lot of us are really tired because of that, because it takes tremendous 
yeah. effort. And also the big piece with, you know, my particular calling being with shamanism, like over the years, they're just got to be so much distortion and confusion yeah. and sensitivity and backwardsness around what shamanism even is and how it's oh supposed God, to operate. Yeah. So I then had the task, the small, easy task of writing this incredibly intense author's note, which was like one of the biggest initiations of my life. And then encoding this book and like helping shamanism return back to its origins and its original seed of truth. And to take those previous confused energetics and like try to turn it back right side yeah. through this book was like a huge part of that as well. So, and I also just want to say, like, I think it's so important that you as a female shaman are out there because I don't think we see enough of that. And I also want to speak to just like the timing of your book. I actually think like it's so divinely timed that you wrote it after you and Luke got together. Mm -hmm. Cause I think that, I think you needed that like masculine presence and strength to kind of hold you after something like that. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. He witnessed me up on this little tiny desk that we still have in our new house. Like, I mean, when I say tiny, it's like one of the world's smallest desks. And we had it up in our bedroom at our place in LA. And he watched me every single day, get set up there, get my little tools, connect in with the animals and type, 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 right, 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 right. And day after day for months and months and months. And yeah, for, it was really helpful and supportive and empowering for me me to be witnessed in that. And for him, like you said, to bring in the divine masculine strength, um, to mm -hmm. let me be in that creative channeling flow. And for me to have that space, once it was birthed to have that co collapse, that proper collapse and yeah. like restoration period. So yeah, it certainly worked out perfectly. Well, any other last little bit regarding me or have we covered it all? Oh my, well, I mean, I could go, <laughs> we could talk for a really long time about all the things that are in your charts. The other thing that I thought was really interesting just when I was looking through is that a lot of your expansion actually comes from self-love. Like you actually gain wisdom through self-love. And that is not every person that is like very much specific to you. So if you're ever in a space where you are kind of like having a tough transformation or you're like not able to kind of like get over a hump, like self-love is the way that you gain wisdom, which mm -hmm. I find like so beautiful. And again, like that's not, that's not how I gain wisdom. That's not how most people do. It's very specific to you. Wow. And also you're a lot, another part of your gifts and lessons and like things that you're supposed to do on this earth. You're actually really like meant to like beautify the planet and like contribute things artistically as well. Mm -hmm. So I actually think like your book was one of those like big contributions because the, the art in it is so beautiful, you know, like even if people didn't resonate with like animal spirits and things like that, I feel like your book, because it is so beautiful, people would be drawn to it. And then I know that the story of the artist behind, which is so again, talk about divine. <laughs> so crazy. But yeah, you really are meant to kind of contribute more beauty to the planet. I don't know if that's something that's like a focus for you. Um, 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it really does resonate. Like, if you go to my Instagram, I feel it's really beautiful. Like, mm -hmm. I specifically work with a particular creative director for my brand. He's over in Italy, and we've worked together now for a long time. And it's like my quote cards and things don't need to go to some guy in Italy and like, you know, have his creative genius whip them up. But like, that's just the type of energetic and texture and medicine and essence that I do feel called to bring in is to go to that next level. And yeah, I could slap something in Canva and like, whatever, like here's the words, but yeah, the art, the artistic endeavor of it and the beautification of everything that I'm birthing and, and transmitting does feel of importance. And certainly with the book, like once the animals came to me and like, and I understood now then finally what the book was, I instantly knew that I wanted to work with the publisher, you know, and it ended up with Chronicle. They specialize in art driven, beautiful books that, you know, is exactly what animal power is. And yeah, the whole story with William passing away, you know, upon completing the art and it's his last living legacy of his artwork. And I, I've often had the thought, I just said to my friend, Ivana, her and her husband, Albert were over at our house the other night and we were cooking dinner in the kitchen. And I said, somehow the book and deck came up and I said, you know, that gives me so much solace because if I never created another book or deck, I have such solace and peace that if animal power were my main legacy and like that yeah. was it, then I feel complete and good. And any potential other book and deck that gets to be birthed is just like icing on the cake. Totally. Yeah. And what I was going to say is I, th I think a lot of people think, oh, when they think of you, they think of art, but that is actually a big part of your path. And it doesn't have to mean like you're an artist, but it's like you're infusing beauty and art into everything that you do. And the more that you do that, the more it's like well-received. Mm -hmm. And it's like actually one of the things you're meant to teach people. And also, oh, the last thing I wanted to say, it's actually really important is that between, well, I mean, your birthday is January 1st. So it's kind of easy, like between January 1st and the next January 1st, you have this element of like being a teacher for people. And I actually think like, that's going to be a huge part of what you're doing over the next year. Like, of course you're in your year nine, so surrender and letting go and all these things, but there's going to be like an exploration of you as a teacher and what that means and what that feels like and what aspects of that you enjoy. And I think it's going to be beyond just like your actual community. I think there is going to be something that you're birthing. That's more of like a teach in the next year, maybe even for like your community online, but there's something that you're meant to be teaching specifically just through the next birthday. Okay. I look forward to exploring that. And before we lose connection again, cause we almost did a minute ago, I'm like, oh let's God. wrap this up because I, I want to, I don't yeah, want yeah. this episode to eviscerate into the ethers. So please um, let everyone know how to find your Instagram. Your book is cosmic codes, uh, just all the things. 
Yeah. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. It's just at Carehart, K-A-E-R-H-A-R-T. And from my Instagram, you could pretty much find everything. I just launched a course on numerology, which I'm really proud of called Numerology 101. I have planners that go really in depth on the year cycles. There's a ton of free content on numerology on my Instagram. And again, my website is also the same. It's just carehart.com. So, but everything's pretty much on my Instagram, I feel. What's the full title of your book? You are Cosmic Code Essential Numerology. Yes. Yeah. It's a gem. So highly recommend you scope all of her resources out because yeah, it's, it's fun and it can provide some clarity and it's just a good practice to come back to, you know, if you ever, like I know for me with like shamanic monthly energy reports and things like when I start to feel something like wonky or weird, I'm like, I need to like tune in to the numbers or the energies. And yeah. it's just, it's just a nice support to have. So thank you yeah. for coming back and all your time and energy. And thanks for looking into all my charts. Yeah. Thank you for having me so much love. And thanks to the soul fan for joining us. And we will sit together again next time. Woo-wee. What a powerful voyage that was. It is always so fun and such an honor to share space with these beautiful beings willing to generously share their time, wisdom, and energy so we can have the opportunity to enrich our own lives. And we will always share each epic guest's links and contact info in the show notes that are on my website, alisoncharles.com, and also in my weekly Ceremony Circle podcast Instagram posts at I am Allison Charles. So it makes it easy for you to connect more deeply with them. And fam, you know by now all the heart I put into creating this show. And I would love to be able to continue providing this free content for a long, long time to come. And what would be most supportive in me being able to do that is if you have ever felt you've gained anything positive at all from listening to a Ceremony Circle podcast episode, if it's brightened your day, if it's given you clarity or insights you've been waiting for, if you felt a healing shift during one of the closing ceremony practices, anything at all, If you can just stay on whatever platform you're now listening to this show and simply go to the rating and review section and share even one reason why you're grateful for Ceremony Circle Podcast. Sacred reciprocity is a big deal and I deeply appreciate you giving back to me so I can keep creating and providing. Sending you so much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.